Yo, 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 we are back. It's your boy GQ. And it's your boy Bug. Welcome back to another episode. Season five, baby. What's going on? Ain't nothing, man. Everything good. Uh, like I told you, I, I got tatted on the neck the other day. You know oh, what I mean? <laughs> so, this summer, I'm in my fucking <laughs> bag. <laughs> but today, man, we got a, we got a, man, I know Emac shit. I was nah, in my fucking yeah. seventh grade. How, we gotta, how, we gotta how long be you know Emac, my be very, huh? We got to be, I know Emac. I played basketball with his bros when I was eight. Six, oh, like, shit. yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to, we got to, we got to really, we got to pump our brakes with this one. We got to talk, we got to tread lightly with this introduction. Uh, as you guys, if, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, we got Emac in the building, Emmanuel McPherson, good, good childhood friend of ours. Uh, Emac, man, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Man, what's up, everybody? Thanks for having Shane Boog. I appreciate you guys, man. Um, I'm Emac. Grew up with Shane, man. We go back to Elkridge Hurricane. Elkridge Hurricane. Ball for a long time growing up. Boog kind of came up with my little brothers, J Mac and Josh. They balled together for a little bit, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just out here in New Mexico now, raising a baby. Ooh. Uh, single dad. Okay. Single dad. Done. I'm not a single parent, but a single dad. But uh, you know, it's good. To, it's good that y'all having this platform, man. I'm, I'm glad to be on it and, and talk with you guys. And, and yeah, I'm glad you said it's. Really it's too funny that you actually said the single dad part, man. Because literally, when I was setting up, you know, I think you are. Shit, you might be the first single dad that we had on, to be honest. And uh, I was telling my wife. I think I told Book too. I don't like the term single parent, right? And the reason I don't like it is because yes. there is another parent out there. Now, they might not be active, but they they somewhere, you know what I mean? But it, it should be more of I'm a single I'm a single mom or I'm a single dad, you know what I mean? So I'm glad you, you ran that right off the tongue. Like, yeah, man, I'm a single dad hey, out here. <laughs> hey, listen, he hey listen. He, he gave us he gave us that Monday night football interview. That that was the great the best answer I heard so far. That was that was very smooth and that shit. He hey yo, he got some PR training, you get me? How old is your son now, uh Ebat? Man, Nehemiah, uh he's four. He turns five okay. on the twenty first twenty first of August. So you had you had you had him when you were shit what twenty six? Twenty six. Twenty six. Run run us run us back a little bit. Run us back to you. First of all, before we get into that, let's for people that are listening, for some people that do know, Emac come from a, a historic family, right? Two brothers, and correct me if I'm wrong, two brothers played one played for state, uh, Florida State. Other one played for Maryland. Uh, one of them ended up playing for the Giants for a little bit, right? Pops played in the NFL for the. He played. Patriots. He, played at, he played at BC, if I'm not correct, if I if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> Shout out to my New England people. You get me? Right? <laughs> uh, then you have some. You have some older, uh, younger brothers that one plays baseball, right? Yeah, man. 
Matt was a uh, fourth round draft pick out of high school. Went to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, then we got Josh. Josh played at Penn State. Jeremiah played at IUP. Kimberly Moses played at Jackson State in Florida. And uh, we got Zach. That's Man, one listen, of his, the Eagles listen. right now. Let's clap it up. He's going, he's going. He's going to the Super Bowl. He's going to the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, we, we, It'll, it feel like a dream, bro. I, it's it funny. Like dream, uh, before we get into the fan, I remember you posting like you know he got drafted, and then slowly he's on special teams. He's doing this. He's making plays. Like how proud of like how like excited is you and your family about him? Just like he he's probably on one of the biggest platforms y'all are ever gonna see. You know what I mean? Like express that feeling that y'all about to have like in the next basically seven days. Man, it's, it's honestly like a, a two-part feeling, man, because, you know, we're proud for Zach, of course, that Zach's on a big stage right now. He's the youngest boy. You know, he went to college, got his degree, graduated from two universities. And now, you know, he got to the league, you know, and we see him thrive and do his thing. But on that back end, you know, we're also proud because without everybody else in the family, Zach probably wouldn't be where he's at. So, you know, it's a two-part feeling of proudness because, you know, with – my dad, Garrett, Derek, all the way down the line, we've all put a piece of, into Zach and, you know, help Zach get to where he's at today. So we all proud to see that, you know, that we call Zach the little trophy because he got a piece of everybody in us, you know. So it's good to see that. And, uh, you know, we're proud to see Zach in that Super Bowl, but also proud to see that all of our work came together. And that's you know, the thing, though, is that, like, a lot of families don't will never really say that, like, yeah, we're proud of him for what he did, but we're also proud of him for taking a little, a little bit of everybody into him and, and build the mold, the man that he is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a bunch of y'all and every one of y'all has succeeded damn near at the highest level. Starting with, sure. I mean, with your with your two older brothers, but it was like me growing up was when you went to DeMatha and then you went to New Mexico State and then with Josh and then he went to end up doing his, his tour and went to Penn State and things of that nature and look what he's doing now and – and Zach's over here. He balled out at Penn State. Then he went down to yeah. Texas Tech in third round, and then now he's here. It's like y'all got too much. It's like it's like giving me chills. And like y'all family, y'all, y'all family is few and far in between. Like not too many families can say all these all their children have touched a high level. You know what I mean? And they and it's it goes back to yeah. kind of like you guys upbringing and with your parenting and things of that nature. But like that's a lot of discipline. The fact that it really trickled down through all of y'all, you know what I mean? That's that's really something special, right? That's a big part. You know, that discipline played, played a big part, and you know, upbringing. I mean, as y'all know, it's few guys that we grew up with that made it to the league, and the guys that made it were the ones that were disciplined. You know, the guys that went to college like us, they were the disciplined ones. You know, it kind of that's what that's what it takes to get to that next step. So. That discipline's a big part, and that goes into fatherhood too. You know how you discipline your kids. So <laughs> life is a circle, man. I tell you, like everything from sports to workplace to how you parent, it's just a big circle, man. You kind of I I, I totally agree, and I believe it. <clears throat> uh, you coming from such a big family, especially having a lot of brothers. Uh, just explain to us, and you t- you touched on discipline. How discipline? was your father on you guys you know what i mean because and i want i want to know like how disciplined he was but i also want to i also want to hear 
some of the emotions and feelings that he actually showed to you guys because you know we just talked to justin him being a coach and him coming from you know having a dad that was a mentor to a lot of people it's only so much emotions and feelings that he can you know give his that kid you know what i mean because you kind of stretched thin through all of that so kind of break down to us you know the discipline that your father gave you along with like the emotions and feelings to like be a man and be mature and handle certain situations, man. Yeah, man, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm going to touch on the first part as far as being a man. You know, my dad never really told us, you know, how to be a man. We learned how to be a man from watching the way he was. You know, and that's one thing I really like about my dad. You know, he was never, you hear people say the word toxic masculinity. (laughs) He never like displayed that to us. You know, he just showed us how he walked. And, uh, you know, that's where we learned it from. But then, you know, you could ask my older brother how he learned, and that would be different from how I learned. So, you know, that, that that's that's a deep question, you know. But my, I thought my dad always did a good job of, you know, teaching us how to walk upright, you know, how to treat people, uh, you know, what it took to be disciplined. Um, as far as how he disciplined us, I had a real strict dad, you know. I, we ain't, wasn't allowed to go out. You know, we didn't do much, Um on the weekends, we had to stay together as a family. We ain't fooled with no girls, you know, smoking, drinking. We didn't do that growing up. Uh, the language we used inside the house, we didn't cuss. Um, really spiritual family. And that's just how we was, you know, brought up in, in the church. And uh, a lot of that kept us real disciplined growing up. And I'm grateful for that, for you know, to this day. Those are still things that I keep in my life and try to pass on to my son. But, you know, I, my dad was real disciplined, man. It was... It was sometimes where I was like, bro, like, come on, man. I just want to live a little bit. Like, sending this guy to Samantha, man, with them all, the all-boys school. But there's all stuff, you know, we, we cherish as we got older. You know, and if I was to go back, I'd probably do it again because I'm happy at where I'm at today. So, you know, you can take it how you get it. You can look at it. But I thought, you know. And Shane, that's kinda, that kind of goes back to, uh, like, it, it's, I got a bunch of things to say because it's like your pops – your pops grew up playing what they called a I think they call it a controlled aggression sport, right? Like football is like just controlled aggression. You know what I mean? And the fact that your dad was able to effectively communicate his feelings and emotions and may you may not agree to a lot of things that he did, you know what I mean? At the end of the day you could still appreciate it. But the fact that he was able to do that effectively speaks volumes, you know what I mean? And uh it's funny. I was watching uh I was on IG Shane, you know. Instagram with Shane. Yeah, he he probably didn't see this wrong, but the your boy Jay Shetty came up on a, on the Explore page and he came up with this video it was like all the things that we we now understand of our parents that that all the things that we understand now that we say our parents are right for, our kids look at us as if we're wrong. So essentially, it's just like the continuous cycle. You know what I mean? We all sit back and say, damn, you know, my mom was right. You know what I mean? She was right. But it's like our kids look at us and they're like, ah, it's the same shit. Like, ah, you're not right. You're not right for that. And you know what I mean? You shouldn't have acted a certain way. But at the end of the day, they don't understand down the line. So it definitely uh, is important. I mean, that's a good point, though, bro, because that also, you know, that leads into how there's a lot of guys like us who are mad at their parents. But. A lot of people fail to realize that, bro, your yes. parents were young when they had sure. you, too. And they were still learning. You know what I'm saying? They were, 
Just like I'm learning to be a dad, they were still learning too. And that was the best they had at that time. And that's the that's the cool part about fatherhood, bro, is that you're able to take those pieces that you learned from your mom and your dad, apply it to you. You've been a parent now. And, you know, hopefully down that lineage, there's a perfect parent. You know, yeah. I think that's how it's uh, supposed to work. Touch on some of the emotions and feelings he's he's showed you, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know all dads are different. You know what I mean? Like my dad, he's not really an emotional person. Uh, and like you said before, he didn't really teach, say like, Hey, this is how you be a man, but he did it in actions. You know what I mean? Did any of that with, with, with him leading that way, did it brush off on your brothers and you learned a lot from your brothers or was it kind of like, you know, you just kind of took it with your dad and, you know, you just ran with it. Uh, I don't know, man. I, as far as my older brothers, it was crazy to have older brothers in your household. That was the best in the nation at what they did. So those guys, like I didn't, I didn't look up to NFL players when, when I grew up. I just looked up to my older brothers. Like my yeah. favorite football player growing up was my older brother. You know, it wasn't Michael Vick or Chad Johnson was my older brothers, and he lived in my same house. You know, so I learned, I learned just as much from my brothers as I was able to learn from my dad, you know, just because uh-huh. the effect of having a role model that I can go inside my house and touch him, and, you know, put my arm around him. And that was big for me and my little brothers growing up is that it made it a little easier. My dad, because those are the ones that really taught us the game of football. You know, we watched them. And if you ever look at our film, we all play the same. You know, we all had the same style of football because we learned it from my older brother. Um, but my dad, as far as like loving Y'all know my dad coached everybody, but he rarely he rarely ever coached us. And for me personally, growing up, I was like, man, why is my dad always, you know, giving to so many kids? You know, he's always working with these kids, always asking if that kid needs help. And that's where I learned how to, you know, to be a, a loving and give um, back because I always saw my um, dad do it. You know, he never really told us this is how you do it. He just showed us how to do it. And now, you know, that rubbed off on all of us. We we all of us give back. You know, I have a, a, a nonprofit organization sure. here in New Mexico where we got camps. Um, back in Maryland, GMAC, they all do it. And yeah. it's just that's learning cool. from our dad. That, go ahead, bud. Nah, that's just, just crazy. Like, it's, it's like, don't get it twisted. Like, no family is perfect, but golly, like, you guys from, 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 from head to toe is just, it's perfect. And it's fact that the, the fact that you guys can, Give back to not only yours but to everyone else around you. You know what I mean. You guys are all. You guys are in different regions of the world at the other country at this point. You know what I mean. You got you in New Mexico. You got uh, Josh over here on the east side. You got you know uh, Zach over here in Philly. Like there's so many areas that you guys are able to touch, and the fact that you guys still continue to keep giving is, is truly special. Yeah. Tell you, man, this it just sounds too perfect to me, man. It do, it does, and I'm not, I'm not sitting there trying to like run anything. I'm just like, I'm just listening. I'm just like, damn, this shit sounds truly angelic. You know what I mean nah, for, I, for all of them. I, oh, of course, of course. Every family, got, every family, got, you know, every family got the you know the dramas. But for me personally, I'm a type of guy I'd rather focus on why I'm here today and, you know, how I got here. And that's all through all the positive things that I was able to learn, you know, from my dad and, and growing right. up in the big old family. So fast forward 
26, right? Right? Now you get a little freedom. Pops ain't around. <laughs> you know, that, that thing around, liquor around, <laughs> everything's around now, man. And the time comes and you have your son, man. What, What is going through your head? What is your emotions, your feelings? What were some of your first reactions hearing that you, you know, you were going to have a child? Uh, I wasn't worried. I wasn't nervous. I was more worried about telling my people because I wasn't married. You know, that was my whole, that was where my, you know, I had some fear of just, you know, being able to communicate that with my parents. Were they mad when I told them? No. But, you know, it was just still, I, I wanted to be married before I had a kid and, you know, life don't always work as we please. But, uh, you know, it happened. And <laughs> So let me ask right, you this. Bro. Because we know, we all of us have known people that have grown up who played sports at a high level, um, who've grown up in those environments that, like, where it's kind of like a mutual understanding between <clears throat> themselves and their parents. They're like, hey, you got a chance to do something great. You know what I mean? What was it like for you when you when you stepped away from home? You know what I'm saying? Now you, you're, for, you, 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 you're at DeMatha. You leave DeMatha. You leave Hyattsville, Maryland. You go all the way across the country to New Mexico. Did you feel hold on, at... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You ain't got the story right, e Matt. You oh, went to Hawaii sorry. first, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So relax. Yeah, 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 calm down. Calm down. Calm, calm the fuck down over there. Thank you. <laughs> Shit. My sources, my sources is correct. All right, let's relax. All right. Let's relax a little bit, GQ. All right. I remember. All right, thank you, thank you. Yeah, fucking Hawaii. What the fuck the you thought this was? I, I, I forgot you had the Spark Notes. My bad. Yeah, yo. I got a lot of. Listen, I I, I ain't had to do my research on this family because I already I was there when this shit happened. Because I was like, why the fuck is he going to New Mexico? But either way it goes, either way it goes. You go from the Matha, you go from a Catholic all boys school to a from a family who is very. I'm not gonna say by the book, but necessarily because they understood the lineage of the kid. Like, the, the kids understood the, the, the end goal, right? Like, you guys were all top athletes, this and the third. So the discipline was there. What was it like when you left there and went to New Mexico where you're by yourself? And, like, you know what I mean? You're in college for the first time. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to answer to everybody. I just, I just curious to know. It was hard. I mean, from, from let me put it like this. If it was my son, I'd tell him to stay closer to home. Because, you know, one, when you're free by yourself around a bunch of other teenagers, there's not many people there that's going to hold you accountable. You know what I'm saying? So that part of the focus and discipline was really hard going into college at 18, 2,200 miles away from mom and dad. But isn't that that one of the abilities to have growth, right? Because, like, if you think about it, like, only one of your brothers was close to home, right? Even your dad, he went, you know, he went away to school. Your other brothers went away from school. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like sometimes going away and being that independent person, you get, you, you learn to be an adult. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, I got to wash my own shit. Right. I got to find food for myself. I got to really clean up behind myself. But I think sometimes when you stay close from home, it's like, Mom, come, yo, yo, I gotta clean up. I gotta clean up this, yo. What y'all doing? I think you're right, but you gotta remember that growth it comes at an expense, and that expense is time. 
So when I'm 18 years old, not focused, yeah, I'm going to learn from my mistakes, but that could take two years, that could take three years. And as y'all know, y'all athletes, bro, two and three years, that could that's yeah. that could decide whether you go to the next level or not. And I think being closer to home and having someone hold you accountable, you know, that could have saved some of that time where you was, you know, you could have had your dad in your ear telling you, hey, don't do that. You know, go this way. This might help you a little bit here. You know, lock in, study there. Those little things could save time, you know, and that's just kind of how I see it now. Um, I would definitely stay closer to home. The, the support thing was real hard, you know, not having family out here to, you yeah. know, doing a hard day. I had nobody to go to, you know, it had to be on a FaceTime or phone calls. So it was a couple different aspects to it. But like you said, I, I think I did coming here alone made me who I am today. Um, you know, that, but that it was that expensive time, you know, it just took time. I, to get here. I, I loved, I love going away to school, man. I wanted to motherfucking have girls over my dorm, nah. do whatever the fuck I wanted to do, man. I hey. yo, Ooh, and I went, I went. The first two years I was close to home, and in the, my last two years I was in West Virginia, and it was great, man. But I, I definitely understand what you're saying. You know, sometimes you can lean a certain way, uh, you can be with the wrong crowd, and uh, sometimes you can get lost. That's that's what I always think about. I always yeah. think about that when, uh, like, yo, to think, like, if I didn't fucking stay here in Maryland and, like, have a job and have a family, like, like if I moved to L.A., man, and wanted to be, like, in the entertainment and the nightlife, like, I think I would get lost, bro. Because, yo, there's so many people that want to do that. Mm-hmm. They fucking become, they just don't have that wow. guidance, man. You know, we're still young. Even at 25, 24, mm-hmm. man. We think we know it, man. We can just the wrong movement, the wrong party, this, that, and the third. You can really, really lose yourself. So I totally agree with that. Um, And, you know, just having that foundation, man, having someone holding you accountable, having someone kind of steer you in the right direction because, you know, our parents, they kind of like our biggest role models we know. You know what I mean? Uh, So they kind of really hold that light, you know, even – even when it's dark times, you know what I mean? Like you said, man, we even like, just think about, man, some of them dark days, man, not playing or coach on you just down the third. It's like, man, you look to your parents. It's like, they holding the light. Like, it's all right, man, come this way. And that's was the thing. That's was the thing with me is like, I didn't want to go like for college. I didn't want to go far. Like I, West Virginia was, it did, it did enough. Like I was, I was far, I was four hours from home. Well, I can get into some shit, but if I needed to call somebody, like, I'm there, but like when I moved to San, so like fast forward, right? So after college and all that shit, and then I fucking moved to San Diego. And now it's like, bro, when I signed up for my first gym membership that I had to pay for, you, I was sick. Like there was just like, you know what I mean? All those shit you get, all that shit you get coddled in growing up, and it's like now you really gotta, you know what I mean? Do for your own and and grow to be this person that your parents poured in you to be. But now it's like I can move anywhere at this point. I'm sure Emac could probably attest to it. Like going to New Mexico is probably the hardest thing. There, first of all, I don't even know what's out there. He can only tell me. You see what I'm saying? Ain't nothing. Exactly. But the fact that he moved there, if it was like a drop of a dime, he had to move somewhere else. He's there. It's it's very easy. Exactly. Exactly. So ain't nothing out of New Mexico, man. Yeah, definitely. 
tumbleweed, dirt. So how was that? How was that transition though? Because like you coming from you're coming from the DC metro area, and now you're moving to a place where it's like quote unquote deserted. The the transition actually the transition actually was easy because when I came out here, it was like twenty of us from Merlin that came. Like Coach Loxley brought twenty of us out here, out here, and one of them was my teammate from from the mountain. So the transition was cool. Like we had, I had friends out here. You know, I had people from the same area, so that was cool. But as far as you know, the food out here is different, bro. Like, <laughs> none of the same foods at the crib. No seafood. It, that the cultural transition was a lot really of uh, really escal- uh, what they call uh, quesadillas out there. <laughs> hey, yo, you gotta relax. You gotta relax, bro. <laughs> no, 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 a lot of and burritos, man. Burritos, the Navajos, the Cherokees—they all out there. The, the reservations—they out that way. <laughs> That's what's up, though. But it's culture, though. You know what I mean? Like we grow up, especially all—I mean, all of us can attest to it. Growing up in the area that we grew up in, like we grew up around so many walks of life. That's like when we get around somebody we've never really been around, we're very quick to to learn about it versus like to turn the, turn the other cheek. Do you, do you, I know you say the culture is real different out there. Would you want, or do you ever think of moving your, your son here for this culture? And instead of like, because like, I'm just, I'm just assuming, you know, his mother's family is probably there, right? Your family is here in Maryland. And this is really like, you know, this is like your culture. You're like, you know what I mean? Your brother up here. Philly fucking an hour away, you know what I mean? Everybody here, mom, dad. You ever think yeah. about moving back here? Funny story. I was with my son last week at the house, and he was hungry. He walked up to me. He's like, Dad, <laughs> can you make me a bean burrito? Because I'm thinking, like, bro, I ain't never asked my mom for a bean burrito growing up as a kid. And, you know, just to realize that. You know he's a mixed he's a mixed child man, and he has his culture just like I had my culture. Um, if we were if we were to ever move, it would be to go back east for sports. The sports out here is a lot different than what we were used to growing up. Um, sports in school, you know, the schools in Maryland is good. The sports out there is good. So if we okay. were to ever go back, okay, be, but in general, fun. you just you gonna hold it down in New Mexico. Hey, bro, you got to, dog, because I could, I'm, I'm a true testament to that shit, too, bro. Like, I I wish I could go back to, I wish I could go back to Maryland, but I'm, yeah, the fact that I'm stuck in New Hampshire, basically, is like, is different. You know what I mean? I want, I really want, I really want to touch on that yeah. because my wife, she's kind of, you know, the similar to, uh, you know, she's from Southern Virginia, 757. And, you know, she gets homesick this, then, the third, but she still makes it a duty to try to go back shit five, six times a year. You know what I mean? Uh, how frequently do you guys get to go back, see his grandparents, you know, see that culture? You know what I mean? Because you come from a rich culture. You know what I mean? Niggas like, listen, son, I, we we really need you. <laughs> You're a McPherson. You know what I mean? Like, this right. shit's in your blood, youngin. You know, no bean pies or not. Seafood or not, <laughs> it's in your blood. So, like, how, uh, you know, like, do you do you guys frequently go back? Like, you know, do you always think about that, or 
Is it kind of just like, yo, this is home. I'm just going to make the best of it, you know? Uh, on, a, on a good on a good year, we try okay. to get back about two two to three times a year because he got a lot of he got a lot of cousins. So I like to see him in New Mexico. There's not many black people, bro. So it's important for him to see kids that look like him. And uh, you know, we get back and he gets happy, bro. He, if you ask him where his favorite cousins live, he'd tell you Merlin because he likes to see cousins that look like himself. Um, so we try to get back on a good year about two to three times just so he can see grandma and and, and his granddad uh, and all his cousins. It's funny, man. Anytime you say something, man, it always brings me back. So I got one of my homegirls, man. She's, she's, you know, she has a kid with a with a black guy, and you know, they they co-parent. They live on the other side of the country, um, and she's Asian. And I was actually just thinking about this today, you know, with her son being, you know, he's he's half black, but he doesn't really get to always see that black side of his his family. How? I feel like that's so deep, right? You know, what's going on in the world today, how they treat black people, this, that, and the third. It's just kind of understanding the upbringing of like, yo, you know, you you might have this side of your mom or, you know, but like me, like, you know, I'm black. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And all, cult- all our sure. culture is deep. You know what I mean? And just growing up, especially even though where, you know, people might be mixed, you know, majority of the time people do look more black. You know, and uh, a lot of times mm-hmm. people will call them like, "Oh, you black? You might be mixed," but they're like, "Yo, she black." You know, he black. He's in the third. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. might be mixed with some Asian, but niggas like, "Yo, he black." He, you know, <laughs> they ain't gonna say he Asian. <laughs> so I was, I was really just thinking, man. Like, just damn, man. Like, you know, even though he in a, another culture, like all the time, like how. How important do you think it is for him to like really know that that black side of him? Because, you know, he does have a strong black father. Do you really emphasize that a lot to him at all? Or is it just like, hey, I, I, you know, as it come, it come if it, if it does. But I'm always here to explain it to him. All right. So I'm going to answer this question this way. You know, a lot of people were mad at Kyrie Irving when Kyrie Irving found out who he was. And knowing who you are. Learning who you are is almost like unlocking a cheat Okay. You know, I remember, I remember the first time when Nehemiah was old enough to learn and understand that his uncle Zach played in the NFL. Man, you should have seen his face, like happy, ecstatic. The next day on till today, all he says, I want to play football for the Philadelphia Eagles. All he does is play with the football. All he does is run around the house. So, you know, knowing who you are, it's important, man. It's like a lot of people don't talk about that enough, you know, knowing that lineage down the line, whether you came from a tribe of kings or queens or whoever, knowing that's in your blood, but it's almost, it's almost like a cheat code because now that gives you that chip on your shoulder. Um, as far as Nehemiah's age, I kind of, you know, there's a saying that says, wear the crown in your heart, not on your head. And that's kind of what I follow with Nehemiah. Um, coming from a family like we did, I, I'd rather him to learn where he's coming from humbly as he, as he gets older, because, you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of complacency or, or cockiness. I'd rather him learn that as he gets older without, you know, me having to tell him that. And that way, when he does learn who he is, he, he can understand where we came from and how we got here by hard work and discipline and that consistency. So, you know, to answer your question, I don't really talk to him much about, you know, your, your granddad played the NFL or your uncle Gary played. We don't really, you know, 
we don't really talk like that. It was just more like letting him be a kid for now. You know, when he's a little bit older, that's when he can start that's to learn. Good, I sent y'all a, I sent y'all an article. I, I was, I was listening perfect, to another perfect podcast. Se- perfect segue to this, this next topic. I'm sorry. I had to L- listen, man. Listen. Yeah, motherfucker, I do this, all right? Yeah. Hey, whoa, 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 <laughs> all right, man. I'm a, seg- right. I'm a Segway king, man. Right, you, it's like, right. uh, but I was, I was listening to this, and I just wanted to just hear about like some of the thoughts about inherited. So, for people that are listening, there was a an article that went out on U uh, S uh, article about I think maybe the second week of January, just about all these celebrities and how they were not going to leave money behind for their kids. And when I say celebrities, like we really talking about a lot of celebrities. Ashley uh, Kutcher. See if I can get some of Anderson, Anderson Cooper. Cooper. Huh? Jackie Chan was there. Hell yeah. Jackie Chan was yeah, y'all didn't know I was fluent, huh? That Mandarin, huh? Nah, I don't speak listen, Chinese. I speak listen, Mandarin. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. This is the only uh, thing I know in the world that can't speak English, but can speak Mandarin. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you ain't lying. Gordon Ramsay, uh, Ashton Kutcher, Sting, uh, Gene Simmons, like. You know these these people are worth twenty. Million, and let's just get let's get million. another let's get let's throw another name out there because Shaq's on his list too. He's not on the, the article itself, but I've heard him say something like this before. And that's kind of like uh, well, well, I, listen, man, I can't I can't throw my bro, I, can't. I can't throw the diesel in there. I I'm throwing no I'm throwing I'm throwing the diesel in there. All right, you heard it here okay. first. All, All right. right, so I just want so, just so people can get that 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 that, that baseline. Okay. So yeah, these celebrities, like I said, they're worth twenty million, forty million, and, and what they're saying is, hey, we're not leaving behind money for our kids. And a lot of the reasons, one of the the main reason, you know, for them not doing it is because they don't want their kids to be spoiled. They don't want them to use up the money and just give the money away, and or get into a situation to where they're like, hey, I really don't have to be anything in life. I have money set for me, and basically I don't need to do shit. Like my parents going to hold me down. And a part of me was like, damn, man, these are mean ass parents, bro. Because if I'm worth 20 mil, 30 mil, I got to leave some behind for my fan, for my, my, my kids. Now hear me out, bug. I saw you fucking take the deep breath and turn your head, man. All right. Give me a break. I, right, now, I'm not I'm not saying that I wouldn't have something set up to say, hey, you know, you got to do something to get this money. Like y'all got to go to school. Y'all got to get a degree in four years or y'all got to make sure you get a job or, you know, at this point, y'all will get the money. But shit, you know what we what, what we work for. We work for our kids. You know, at, you know, at a certain point, we was working for shoes or clothes, this, that and the third. But, you know, when you get kids, man, most of the times, majority of the times. You, you work to pay your bills, but you work to give them whatever they want. So I understand what they were saying, but I want to hear some of, hear some of y'all viewpoints, man. Uh. I don't understand the logic behind it. I just don't understand it. There's nothing you can tell me to convince me that. What, not to leave understand money that. behind for the kids? I don't get it neither. Yeah. 
I mean, to me, my first thought, you know, from, you know, what you said that uh, they were saying that they don't want their kids to get complacent with it or, or misuse the money. Well, that's me. That tells listen, me that you're listen, a bad parent. Because that was the next thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that tells me that you're a bad parent because it's kind of like when, when people say, I don't want to have a kid because this world is bad. And I'm like, bro, well, raise your kid to be the light in the world. You know what I'm saying? Raise your kid to to help people be more positive people. You know what I'm saying? So at that same token, if you're scared about your child misusing the money or getting complacent, well, teach your kid how to be humble. Teach your kid financial management. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just where my and mind thinks. The that. way I was thinking was this, is that... Go, go ahead, yeah. devil advocate. Go ahead. Yeah, here you go. I'm the motherfucking disruptor in the room. <laughs> I think that is such... And it's... It's different because we, I was looking at it from perspective was this, like for your average American, like our goal is to make sure our kids are set up, right? Like we don't, we're not making these M's that these people are making. And then my other thought was like, all right, yeah. So that's just where we bet our, our baseline is that is like, we just want to make sure that like our kids are set, like whatever it is, whether it be with the, even like the life insurance policy, like whatever, like we just want to make sure our kids have some type of startup to life. God forbid we were to leave before they hit adulthood. And then another side of me was like, I kind of understand it because, and, and this is coming from a kid who came from a guy who went to prep school, right? The kids that I went to school with were the snobbiest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. Literally. I don't know about the math. It was probably a different story because y'all was basically all athletes. Like me, like these kids didn't have to go to private school. Like they could have easily went to public school and found their way through life. And the the lifestyles that I've seen them live, I could kind of understand how those parents who make X amount of dollars, they make tens of millions of dollars, and they're like, nah, you got to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I'll front you. And it goes back to what I was saying about Shaq. It's like, Shaq is say, like, yo, I'm not going to just give you this money. He's like, if you come to me, if you come to me with, like, a business plan or some shit like that, it makes sense and we can figure it out then. But it's like, I, I, my success is my success. So it's like, almost like, where do we draw the line? You know what I mean? Like, I successfully got here. And I'm not saying I'm going to just turn it away from you. But what can you do to prove yourself to, to, to walk that path. Does that make sense? No, it it definitely makes sense. And obviously that's the normal way, you know, everyone wants to think. But a lot of these people in the article were basically saying characteristics of them basically not being good parents. Like Emat was saying, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want my kid to not understand the world or I don't want my kid to be a jerk or I don't want my kid to think that life comes easy and it's like damn if if I lived all my life and I had a kid and you know they were 30 or 28 or whatever and I was about to die and that was something that was I was worried about I didn't do good as a parent man but then it's a catch it's a catch 22 though because if you look at the article I know Anderson I believe it was Anderson Cooper was telling us that like our kids may not know understand the, the the value of what a dollar is because we're but able that's to provide. your that's your job. No, but I, I get that. But what I'm saying is though, when you when you're of a certain status and your kids not necessarily under, not necessarily understand what the value of a dollar is or what the case may be, like your kid, you can still tell your kid 
oh, you need to work hard and this, that, and the third, but they can still look to you for handouts. Yes, but like I said before, man, it's us as parents where we can stop the handouts. And you can't blame you can't blame million dollar parents for being the way they are because there's other million dollar parents that have great kids. And one of the exactly. examples is is Jade Jade uh Jade Jaden Smith, right? This dude out here trying to find clean water for Flint, Michigan, man. He's not worried about getting his money from his dad. He out here trying to really save the world. You know what I mean? So that kind of t- huh? That kind of uh, touches on, you know, Will and his mom doing a great job at just teaching him, like, hey, man, like, you know, we we probably one of the most successful black people. You know, you probably going to always see me on MTV or VH1 every fucking day in the morning. But there's more to life than money, man. And we you, you can you can make something out of yourself with not having any of our money. You know what I mean? So. We can't really say just because these people have money like their kids are snobby or they always going to get handouts. It's the same thing for us. Like, But isn't that the thing, to... though? Is that the thing? But right. that, uh, we do a lot of this. I, I need to understand. I'm trying to understand this. So what I'm saying is, though, isn't art as, as us men in this room right here? Besides, we understand, uh, understand the importance of teaching our kids to be just great Samaritans in society and, and you know what I mean to be able to sustain that but isn't there another component when it comes to financially though it's just like we want to make sure our kids are financially set up we hear about it all the time we hear about kids people talking about oh you need to put your kids on your credit card at such and such age so they can have great credit by the time they graduate like we hear about all these things when it comes to finances it almost seems like it overshadows the importance you know what I'm saying it's just like Emac said yeah, it's just like with, with the example of uh, I don't want to have a kid in this world because it's crazy right now. What's also is like, well, be the light, and be the light to the world. You know what I mean? In that sense of matter, but it's like we all our our natural instinct is to think about what it is financially to prepare our kids for the next step in life. I agree. I, I agree with that. Where I'm, where for me, I'm kind of lost is with with this. It's like. All right, let's take money out of this. For me growing up, my dad played in the league. That means I have a better chance of getting in the league than a family mm-hmm. that dad didn't play in the league. So that's like saying, okay, this kid's dad was a doctor. Statistically, his son has a better chance right. to be a doctor than the next kid. And it's just like, even though, uh, take aside from money, it's like I feel like it's our job to pass down what we have. You know what I'm saying? If 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 I was a good cook, good chance my son might be a good cook because he's, he's going to see his dad doing that. So for me to think about me being a millionaire and not passing none of that down to my son, I just, and that's where the world's fucked it, up today. Just, you know why? <laughs> because we sit back and we think it's about the fucking George Washington in our pocket, and it's not. And it's just it. It all goes back to this. We always think it's, it's funny to laugh at, but it's the truth because that's why America's like the world is the way it is these days. We always think it's about the dollar that we got and how we value it, and not the person behind the dollar. You know what I mean? So I can't I can't agree with that. The reason why I say that is because we don't always we don't all think like that. I think some people are they're brought up to think that way. Right. I'm not saying we all think like that, but what I'm saying is, though, if we are motive, money-motivated individuals in this world, 
You always yeah, because that's that's because of how society is, right? Money in general, it it makes it makes life better, right? And that's so where I'm saying that's where shit's going wrong is that we're not necessarily focusing on the individual, we're focused on the others, the monetary gain of shit or the monetary. No, success. no, no. I don't think that's I don't think that's wrong. I think that's just that's just the normal system. You know what I mean? Like. We can we could probably talk for days or hours about you know just the the economy and how the government has set up you know financial ba- boundaries for people to be successful this and the third, but just in general everyone needs money to you know have a better life. Now the 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 deep root unto being a better person, just because you have money doesn't mean that can stop you from being a good person. There's people no hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, no, I agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is, though, yeah, there's financial boundaries for all individuals. Like, it's just they're, they're, they're the system that the way it goes. I, I get that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, though, we always, we always, every we hear all the time, I want to make, I want to do everything I can to make sure my family's good. We never hear about, oh, we want to, I want to pour all of my, my wisdom and knowledge into my child to make sure they understand what the world's like and how to be a better person. We never, we rarely hear that. And if we do, it's a beautiful thing. But if we, a lot of times we don't, is what I'm saying. It's like a lot of times we all think, for instance, for me, when I, when I, when I, when I found out Ashley was pregnant, my first instinct was like, yo, I got to get promoted i gotta find a better job i gotta set myself up financially for my kids that's just where my mind went and now so I'm, about, I, I'm about to hit you in the head i'm about to hit you in the head good so even though you know we what you were just saying like one of the first things that we speak about is we want to be millionaires or when you got the kid i gotta be financially ready even though these are things that are spoken out loud in the back of your head it's normal for everyone to be like i'm gonna raise these kids to be good you know what I mean? Like that's a normal that's a normal thing for an individual. Like it's not something that needs to be broadcasted it or something that needs to be actually vocally sp- spoken out loud just because that's something a normal person would do. It's just like for example like I don't hear people saying like I'm about to be the best parent I could be. It's like once you have a kid, my nigga, like you're a parent. Like they ain't no you got to be the best you can be. It shouldn't be like Pat me on my back for being a parent. Like you a parent, you know what I mean? Like you just gotta do it. But what I'm saying is though, is like <laughs> we gotta I gotta get I gotta get you, I gotta get you guys on this ride. I gotta get you guys on this ride with me. I get that. I'm one thousand percent I understand that. I get that. Not too many people think like that, is what I'm saying though. Is that like it's we yeah we naturally have, oh yeah I want to make sure my kids good like they I want to make sure my kids normal well honestly what is normal today we don't really know we, at the, at this point in time in life the way the way events have happened it's like okay all right but what we really all we really hear about is well, I need to make sure we hear about all these rap songs and this I want to make sure my kids good I got money for this money for that da 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 and we all think the same way like. It creates, I'm not saying money make drives the happiness in your household, but it does give you some type of comfortability to where it's like, all right, you know what I mean? We're able to do these certain things and I'm able to teach you along the way. It's almost like, it's almost like the, the teaching to be a good Samaritan is secondary to finances. Mm-hmm. I hear that. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's the harsh reality of it. Y'all go with- are y'all gonna leave yeah. some of y'all kids? 
Yeah, my my. Yeah, I'm, trying, hey, listen. I'm trying to leave. The, I'm trying to leave the house that I'm in right now for my daughter. Hey, listen, <laughs> my kids gonna have this. Listen, they got this insurance policy that I'm gonna have through my company. Listen, just cremate me, spend a little grand, have a little party, and keep everything else. But see, that's what it is. It's, it's like oh, because because this is another thing that I also wanted to talk about too. Uh, just a little bit before we move on to the next one about like inherited. So like our parents. They had us, but they weren't in a great position. And I can't speak for everyone's parent, but I'm just speaking like for a majority of the people that I know and I was brought up with, middle class, they just did what they had to do to make ends meet and make sure that we had a good life, right? So like not too many parents, the parents that I know, right, that are my buddy's parents taught them about financial credit cards or loans or this and the third they weren't too much educated about that, right? So they're just trying to make things happen, make sure you go to school, make sure you play sports, this, that, and the third. But our generation now, we have that ability, we have that resource, we have that that understanding of now we have we can do that for our gen our next generation, right? We can we can put our kids into a place where, all right, Joe, we're gonna get we're going to teach you about what finances is. We're going to teach you about what a mortgage is. We're going to teach you about credit card. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think financially wise, it's only normal for us to teach them that so they can do that for the next generation so they can build on top of that. You know what I mean? Just in general, us as black people, one of the reasons why we are trying to use the right word, I would say not financially stable as a unit is because we education wise, we just not taught, we were never taught that. You know what I mean? We were never taught that as an individual. Yeah. It was a lot of Caucasian people had that ability because they had the upper hand, you know what I mean? But us as, you know, black individuals, man, we really gotta financially teach each other, not even just the generation, just each other about, you know, uh, little things that we can do to benefit ourselves, the, the different ways to save money. You know what I mean? So just like Emacs said, I don't really see the logic behind not leaving my kids behind when that's that's like my whole goal. You know what I mean? Like, come on, I got a life insurance policy for them. So, well, I'm I'm working all these hours just to be like, nah, I'm I'm fuck my kids. I'm just gonna <laughs> go on a boat and spend it all. <laughs> come on. No, but you also got it. We, we we're also dealing with the a select the less than one percent kids who don't have the struggles that those of the the mass majority have. There's probably a very few of them that have. You know what I mean? Like those parents, like ah, oh, you got to get your own shit. Like you know what I mean? Things of that nature. But it's like they don't face the 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 struggles of whatever we all of our as three men in this room right now, our struggles were different. You know what I mean? Based on the person. You know what I mean? Everyone's struggle is different, of course. But it's like those elite, those are the elite, those kids, they don't face the, they're, 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 our best days are probably their worst problems. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like when you, when you have a parent who's made it to a certain status in life, whether your name is. Deion Sanders, Shaquille O'Neal, or LeBron James, you came from a, a a struggle to where now it's like your kids are do not have to you don't have to worry about that. It's almost like a revolving door. So it's like how do you teach them 
the core values of like grinding it out and getting it from the mud when they live in a $10 million house. Well, yeah, that's true. It definitely is. I, I can't tell you. I really can't. You know, I don't, I don't come from a tell me <laughs> But you don't. We don't. I, I, I damn sure I, I dreamed about it. I dreamt about it, but I didn't. But the thing is, though, is that, like, when it comes from the, those people who are those average-day Americans and, you know what I mean, those middle-class Americans and all those before the elite status that work so hard to make sure that their kids have a, a better life than betterment for the kids, it's like – Everything's almost seems like it's driven financially in the in the the emotion and the core values of being a great human being is is put on the back burner. Yeah, I I definitely hear what you're saying, but there are different ways out there to uh you know instill hard work, hustle, good character yeah. in the individual. You know what I mean? We we've seen movies where. Uh, where you know the person's dad is the richest or the owner of the company, he's not gonna leave him none behind because he's not a good person. He's he doesn't take things seriously. He he he's a fucking joke. So they you know they put certain things in place to make sure that he does that. But like I said, I can't speak too much on it. But we got one last topic before we wrap things up, right? A lot of lately, you know, we talked to we talked to. I'm not sure if you know who Obi is, but, you know, we, we talked to Obi, uh, you know, earlier in the season. And one of the things that we taught he was asking us is just discipline, right? You know, when we were growing up, discipline was, you know, used to get beatings, timeouts, sit in the corner, sit in the dark, all different type of things. I'm not too sure. You know what? No, 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 You was sitting. Like, you had a twenty-three and one in the bathroom. Let's, let's yeah, yeah. That. In the That's dark, crazy. all types of stuff. All types of stuff. <laughs> and you know, with society changing nowadays, I just want us to just talk about little ways or certain things that we do to like discipline our kids. Because you know, um, your son is about to turn five. Uh, both our kids are going to turn four this year. So they're at the age where they think they can get away with things. They at the age where they they do little little sneaky toddler stuff and try to be sneaky and not listen. So do you what what are, and also you coming from a real disciplined background, you know what I mean? What are some things that you do to like really instill install just discipline for your kid? So, you know, my discipline is a little bit harder than y'all discipline because I, I'm I'm a single parent. You know, it's just me and him in the house. Then he goes with him and his mom. So I don't have the ability, you know, to closely monitor how she disciplines so it matches how I discipline. So my son feels like he can get away with stuff with his mom, but when he comes home with me, you know, it's, it's a different story. So... You know, I think, you know, with me, I don't know, man. My son, he kind of, he, he's a good, he, he observes a lot. So he kind of watches how I move. And I don't, I don't really spank him or nothing. You know, he'll get one every now and then. But all I got to do is deepen my voice. And, you know, he'll he'll tighten up. But with his mom, bro, you know, he, he gets away with everything. You know, he, she spanks him, yells at him. And it gets to the point where she got to call me on FaceTime. And I tell him to cut it out and he'll chill. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I mean, 
Growing up, I was used to getting whippings, you know, getting beat mom from mom and dad. But it's just different today, man. It's different. You know, and I don't – I always thought I was going to be a, a, a really strict parent. But for me, man, it's just, you know, when he does something wrong and just looking at his face, bro, I'll just be like, man, I can't even speak. Yeah. Uh, that's – but that's good. That's great. That's that's cool. That's, that's good to, to know because, you know what I mean, like – to have that not that not necessarily control, but to have that understanding with your son, you know what I mean? Like me, like my two, I can be as disciplined as I want to be. They still don't give a shit, and they know they don't give a shit with their mom because they understand that they mom's gonna give them the world. So it's like when they get around me, it's like they, it's almost to the point now where they don't want to be around me because they know I, I put my foot down with a lot of shit that they know they can get away on the other side. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's crazy. Why it's, it's why cool is it see. that moms? Get run over, man. Why? Why do they? You know why? You know why? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you exact fucking reasons to why. <laughs> a prime example. Prime example. Two hours ago, I'm literally giving the twins a bath. Right. Quick tonight. Tonight's not hair washing night. We got them both in there. Cool. Suds it down. Everybody's cool. This little motherfucker Bo decides to splash. Is like I'm getting drenched in water. I'm getting drenched in water. Had like all down my side, bro. I was sick. I took the the shit that I used to like rinse the soap out the hair. I just I just dumped it on his face just to get him <laughs> stop. I shit you not, bro. The words that I heard come out of that room. She, I I see her peeping around the corner. She goes, "Why did you do that?" And I was like, "He was he was splashing me for no fucking reason." You know what the words I heard to come out of that room were? It's okay, Bo. That was not right. Daddy was wrong. And I was just like, bro, what? Now that is bug. exactly what's wrong. Now, now bug, now nah. bug, now bug. I'm not now hearing bug. that. I'm not now hearing bug. that. Why would you do that to the kid, man? I didn't drown. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't drown him. <laughs> I didn't drown him. I needed something bug. to figure it out. Bug. The, the bug. point you're missing you the point. Tip, but you also tip attached, yeah, man. Like, yeah, hundred percent at this point. But it's at that point now where I gotta like really like get strategical with these motherfuckers. These 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 little motherfuckers is surgical with they shit. I had to get them, bro. Literally, I'm like, bro, I I gave him three warnings and he didn't stop. I was like, all right, fine, fuck it. Here, I just dumped water like it was on his head and I mean trickled down to his face. He wasn't crying or anything like that. But the words I heard come out of the other room. Yeah, he'll be fine. The other words that come out of the room is, don't worry, he was wrong. I'm like, bro, what? Literally, that's why. You know, and that kind of that kind of that kind of lead, man. I think a lot of ladies, they do the, well, if you do this, I'll give you that. I don't play that. Like, if I say stop, if I tell you to be quiet, you're going to do it. It's not. I'm gonna give you a toy if you do this behavior. I'm like, nah, man. That's teaching him. In my mind, that's just bad. That's teaching him a bad habits because you know I I like to relate everything in, into life. You know, everything in life got a consequence, man. So if you out here, you know, throwing fits in public, I'm not about to buy you something, reward you for throwing a fit. You know what I'm saying? That's not how life works. And I think I see a lot of women do that with their kids, man. And I think it just screws the way the discipline in kids and, and their so mentality. So I, I totally agree with you. I'm with you 100%. Uh, damn, what was I about to say? One of the – one because my wife, she's, she does the same – oh, this is what I want to say. So I'm the same way. I'm just like you. My wife does that. But one of her favorite lines is, she's only three. <laughs> right? 
And I always tell her, man, I'm like, yo, you know, last year it was they only two. This year it's just only three. Next year it's just they're only four. And I'm just trying to really tell her, man, it's like it's not about the age. It's about the actions, right? Like, you know, that's – and because you have a – because you have a, a five-year – about to be a five-year-old, does it get a little bit easier or do they start listening or are they the same <laughs> the same yeah, way as your, it your was answer, when they Your answer is kind of critical right now, so I need to figure this one out. Uh. Yeah, look. Man, that's a tough question, man. I think it gets easier. For me, I think it gets easier. But kids are smart. Two yeah. two year olds know exactly what they be doing. A two year old is in my mind fully capable to understand that he or she is doing wrong. And that's what I've been saying, bro. Is that's what I've been saying. Is that like because Shane used to get on me, he's like, yo, and Shane talk about this. He'd be like, yo, they just two. But it's like at the end of the day, like I'm only gonna talk to you about what you're what's in your wheelhouse or like what you're capable of doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might do some shit down the line and you do some right. shit that might be out of your side. That's fine. Okay. We'll figure it out. Cause you might not be old enough to understand it. But nah, if, if I'm, was, if I'm literally, was... if I'm literally giving you a bath and I'm taking a bath with you, I got to figure a way out of this. I'm just letting you know that right now. Nah, Boog was on his, on his like, no. he was on his like jailhouse no. shit with the kids. No. This was like a year and a half ago. No. I had to tell him, I'm like, yo, Boog, they only two. He like, nah, man, that's the same shit as we keep saying. I'm like, yo, bro, just give it one more year, then I'll be no. on your side. But no. I forgot what you had did one time. He was like, you had like man. pinched him back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't play that shit. And now, <laughs> and look, and now, listen. And listen now, listen now. It's funny. It's funny you brought that up. It's funny you brought that up because he been doing this shit to be late. I was like, bro, listen, you bite me, I'm biting you back, and you gonna understand where I'm coming from. I don't play none of that shit, bro. I don't care. I do not care, bro. He, I, I guarantee you this. The next time I give him a bath, I'm gonna have that problem again. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah, he gonna be set straight. I, I, I think the response. He's only two. He's only three. I think that's a response that should. You know, the parents should consider. Like, for example, if my son go do something off the wall, I think I would be okay with my woman saying he's only two, he's only three, mm-hmm. based off how I reacted to him. Meaning, if I raise my voice extra loud, if I start screaming, I think that will warrant a response to her saying she's only one or two. Not not saying that in response to his actions. It makes a lot of sense. Just because of how you took it to that extra level versus the what he did. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Bug, man, take us away, man. Listen, y'all. One thing's learned. Don't be one of my kids. My kids. (laughs) Nah, I don't fuck with y'all. Listen, y'all. Thank you guys for coming coming in and listening to us. We want to thank EMAC for blessing us with his time. Uh, another refreshing episode as always. As always, you know what I mean. Appreciate for sure, guys, man. Thanks for having, me, bro. Uh, honor. We try to do the thing, but listen, uh, Diaper Dad's podcast catches on IG. Listen, follow Shane on Facebook. I'm gonna say that again. Keep following him on Facebook. All right. Yo, man, I don't Facebook. need any followers on Facebook. Not, I don't need, need any because I don't have not, an IG, not. man. Nah, you need a, you need some more friends on Facebook. So we're gonna get that going. I am Lawrence Davis on fucking Instagram. Uh catch us on YouTube. 
Oh, like Emac, yo, something. shout out your handle, man. Whatever yeah, you got. Shout out your. I was getting there. Instagram. Um, my joint on Instagram is Emac okay. underscore underscore one. Follow follow, follow me Emac. on the Emac <laughs> on the gram. Make sure you guys go follow Zach and the rest of the fucking lineage. They all superstars. <sighs> Yes, sir. And, and and yo, before we go, man, hopefully when this drops, you know, it'll be Monday next week. Uh, you know, the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl, man. So let's get the blessings and everything that Zach needs to, you know, go out there and, and conquer and do the mission. So, man, shout out okay. to him, man, and the whole team, the whole McPherson squad, everybody. Uh, none but love, man. Oh, you going to be out there? to come pull up on me? Yes, let's go. Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, we there too as well. For those people who like to listen to us on their drives, we lay out of death. We'll catch you guys next week.